This is In My Shoes, a podcast about different perspectives on shared experiences across the University of Michigan campus. My name is Rebecca Fantone, the host of this podcast. In this episode, we're listening to Taylor and Paulette share their experiences with code switching as members of the marginalized communities at UM. I'm Paulette Benson-Roos. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Michigan, and I'm a chemistry education researcher. You can find me on Twitter at stemsickened if you want to hear me not code switch on Twitter and talk about my awesome research and see me Spanglish my way around the world. Woo, Spanglish! Spanglish for the win! <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Taylor Bramlett. I'm a third-year PhD candidate in the chemistry department. And so I guess we're going to get this ball rolling. I think so. I use my white people voice for this introduction, but like I think <laughs> it will be fine. Uh, speaking of code switching, uh, yeah. I don't know how to introduce myself without my white people voice. You know, right? I, I got same way. For people that don't know what white people voice means, right. it means uh, <laughs> at least the voice I use. So, like, my accent looks less noticeable for any or like more European. Yeah. Like, so they think, like, you know, so those that don't look how I look like, I'm like, I'm Mexican, born and bred, Viva Mexico. Uh, yeah, but like, I'm really light skinned. So, when I speak, a lot of people at the beginning are like, she French, she's, she's Spaniard, you know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. like, her accent is like exotic, but like right. she's too light. <laughs> and then they get to the question of like, so where are you from? Mm-hmm. Really interested, right? And then they're like, I'm from Mexico. And they're like, are you pause. sure? Well, first is the pause. She's like, you don't look like a Mexican. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to ask what do you think Mexicans look like. <laughs> um, so that is what for me is code switching. But what is for you code switching? So normally it's a comfort thing because going into spaces where I'm the only person of color, it can be really hard to um, for clarity purposes in order to talk to people. Um, because, again, slang, I'm from the South. And what I would say to someone who is from the South and a person of color does not translate over to someone who's white. So, like, for me, as I said, like, this is part of, like, at least part of myself. But do you feel like it's different tailor? Like, this is not the tailor you would be usually, like? So, it really is situation dependent. Because on one hand, if I go into lab every day, there are some people who are white who I can talk to just casually, just as you and I are talking. Other people, not so much. Do you feel uh, that it's also dependent on, like, how the person looks at you at the beginning, like even before you start talking, do you get like oh, yeah. a vibe? Is it a vibe thing? Oh, it's, it's definitely a vibe. Okay. It's, um, it's definitely just knowing that I'm the only black person in the room that makes the conversation really interesting going in. Just immediate perception. Huh. I mean, from others, my, my perception of how other people see me. I walk into a room and it's just like, wow, okay. Um, I'm not sure how I should approach her or right you know it's it's always something and i'm not quite sure what it is but it makes, you feel the vibe I, I feel it every time what happens to me is different right like i don't look of color mm-hmm. physically phenotypically like how people some people would say right uh so like what happens to me is that like my usually vibe to me is really great and then when they realize i'm not who they thought who they thought i was it right switches. the vibe switches mm-hmm. but you get the vibe right off the bat so something that I was talking with somebody the other day is that, like, I actually find myself code switching also with black people 
the greatest philosopher of the 20th century, Gloria Saldúa, and by me, if you don't think that, said that like people like me that live in two, between two worlds, mm-hmm. right, have to actually code switch all the time because we don't belong anywhere, right? Like we don't belong with people that have been here for like centuries mm-hmm. or like a long time and like they're Americans, uh, people of color that like live this experience every day. And at the same time, we're not longer like of our countries because like we have taken so much of this other culture. Mm-hmm. So when I... um got to the United States and started meeting uh, people of color, specifically black people in Pittsburgh, because like that is a predominantly uh, mar- marginalized population. I feel like myself acting to trying to fit in. And I was like, how do I like exaggerate my Mexicanness? So like they know I'm like them, even though like I don't, don't look, look like it. them. Yeah. But when I was with white people, I was like, how do I like un-Mexicanize myself? So like they also think I'm like them. And mm-hmm. then I think net zero, I don't know. Like, it doesn't work at the end. I feel like at the end, I'm like, I don't belong anywhere. Yeah. Um, So I actually find that being able to talk to my black friends versus my uh, friends who identify as Latinx, it really just like, it's all one for me because I started learning Spanish when I was like... (laughs) that's cool no I'm really excited tell Uh, me about it 14 15 and so I've been trying to keep up with it and so there are certain phrases that I love to use all the time okay Uh, tell me one uh, me encanta mucho el idioma español oh encantar that is a good word no that is like a really (laughs) like a really nice word and it's just like it it just it's comfortable right because I'm more familiar with the language I'm more familiar with hearing the language and speaking the language so I don't find much issues there and then again with my black friends just like hey what's up homie hey fam how you doing and it's just immediately it all translates over got it huh okay so do you think code switching is a product of racism uh certainly Certainly. Certainly. A hundred percent. So <laughs> I actually have a comment for this. This is one I had to write down because I thought it was like super interesting. Um, I think it creates this idea that black people should adjust to make other people, generally white people, more comfortable. And that is like a real issue that white people aren't comfortable. Right. Like you're not. Right. You're like, ang- like anxious all the time. <laughs> right. It's. I think it's interesting. I do think code switching the way we're using it currently contemporarily and where like a lot of this discussion of like code switching is mm-hmm. race race based like there's the code switching podcast that NPR has which is a lot about Latinx culture and like mm-hmm. black culture uh I think like you could say generally code switching is just this act of performative uh behavior to be comfortable when you're like marginalized like you can mm-hmm. be like as a woman you're behaving like more quote-unquote manly between engineers because you're the only one Mm -hmm. there and you could argue as even as a white woman you're like code switching uh but certainly i think that as at least on the current situation of the united states Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to separate anything from race like everything is race-based like even when we talk about gender even when we talk about like Mm -hmm. uh sexuality like race is there it's impossible to separate it so like i would agree that like at least for purposes of like talking about it and how people move around the world Mm -hmm. it would be impossible like impossible separated from white supremacy right like there's no way even when i talk about even if i were to say a white woman code switching to behave like men in academia or like between engineers i would still say there's a white supremacy element underneath it and like I don't know, like, I know some people get, like, white supremacy. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my gosh, no. Really? Are we putting, like, hoots? Mm-hmm. And, like, um, but, like, I feel like 
we don't talk enough about about white supremacy. It's, only, it's just this underlying thing that like just pushes a lot of our behaviors, no matter who we are. Right. Like it pushes to who we talk about, how we talk about people, mm-hmm. and as you say, it's like this idea that we keep na- making making to feel these people comfortable about our presence in the world, when like we're just like suffering and uncomfortable all the time in these situations. Right. So tell me more about that. So, ooh la la, this was a, a deep la. one for me. Um, it really sucks. <laughs> just <laughs> overall, it, it, sucks. it sucks just feeling as though I always have to say things a certain way in order to be comfortable. Whether it's me being comfortable where I am or someone else being comfortable with me being there. It sucks. And it shouldn't have to be that way. That was Taylor and Paulette. And our next episode, we'll continue their conversation to learn more about their code switching as a means of power and communication in their workspaces. Tune in next week. Thank you for listening to In My Shoes, a podcast about different perspectives on shared experiences across the University of Michigan campus. In My Shoes was produced with the support from the University of Michigan Center for Academic Innovation. This episode was edited by Ellie Daftor. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. For updates on the most recent episodes, follow us on Twitter at InMyShoes.